Welcome to beautiful Cape Coral, Florida, and this is gonna be a good one. That's right, Nice Guys Pizza, and we've got half of the dynamic duo here with us. It's Greg Gebhardt. Yes. Good to see you, Greg. Likewise, likewise. Jovana's not here with us today, but uh, kind of the spirit of Jovana is in here. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you'll see. This is Nice Guys Pizza, and we had to tell you this wonderful, this is small business story at its finest, and Greg's gonna spend a little bit of uh, his afternoon here with us today on a Friday before it gets really, really busting busy. Yes. Oh, right. yeah. Let's I'm roll in. in. Nice guys, pizza. All right, Greg. First of all, the name. Nice guys, pizza. Ah, uh, yes. So when we were in Cleveland, uh, we lived in Cleveland before this, and we had a group of friends, and there were a couple of different Gregs in the group of friends. So I was nice guy, Greg, and then there was you know other Greg. Um, so that just kind of stuck. We were looking for a name, um, trying to figure something out, and that was just kind of. You know, that's the one that stuck out of like a list of names we had. So. I can see that today it's going to be all about small business, uh, kind of just inflation and survival, how that's working. Also, how do you do just a couple of things really well? You do really well, you and your staff and your team, uh, pizza and cocktails, right? Yes. That's yeah, that's that's what we, yeah, we try to focus all of our energy on pizza cocktails and a very small amount of appetizers. So. Try and do a small amount of things as, as good as we possibly can. You're gonna see a couple of delicious cocktails made. Greg's gonna bust out a pizza for us. And then we're gonna just kind of talk about how do you develop a concept and where do you go from there? So uh, let's rewind, just like Alice in Wonderland, go to the beginning, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, so um, right outside Buffalo, that's where I started working with um, with pizza stuff when I was in my teens. Uh -huh. um, you know, first pizza place job was just a couple miles from my house. so. I was, you know, young, you know, working way too many hours, more hours than I was supposed to. Um, and yeah, just learned everything I know about pizza there. I worked in pizza places through college. So that was, that was high school, worked in college um, and just always loved pizzas and always, you know, always loved food and loved pizza. And pizza was kind of like the gateway into, into food for me. And when it came to kind of developing your menu and what you, when you and Giovanna were talking to each other, like what do we, you're like, Pizza, I can do pizza well, that will be someplace we can start. Totally, yeah, and you can turn anything into a pizza too. So it kind of pizza was the thing that allowed us not to be limited. Um, so we're able to do, you know, whatever we want to on a pizza form. So just because it's got a piece of dough underneath it, you know, it, technically you can call it a pizza. A lot of the stuff we have, people probably traditionally would say isn't pizza, but you know, if you, uh, you put it together and, and put it in that shape, you can call it a pizza and send it out. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's like pizza, tacos, you, you do yeah, the same thing. Right? Totally. Yeah, you, exactly. You need a shell and you, and you, you build off of that. Yeah. So craft and artisan and how to kind of make this mechanism that makes sense and works and then also is meaningful to the community. That's everything that the Modern Eater is about. And that's why we found nice guys here in Cape Coral, Florida. Let's um, rewind just a little bit more. You and your wife, Yovana. Yes. Where'd you meet? Uh, so we met in a, in a band. I was in bands and she was in bands. Um, we're both in like semi-successful bands. And then her band was actually looking for a bass player and it was an all-girl band at the time. And I just, as kind of like a half joke, shot uh, a text to her guitar player like, hey, you know, if you guys need a bass player, I'm here. Like, cause I know they toured a ton and I just wanted to tour all the time. Uh -huh. So I tried out and, uh, and you know, they, they chose me to be in the band out of the couple of people that they tried out. And ever since then, we spent like, for the first, you know, probably 10 years of our relationship, we spent less than 30 days apart from, because from then on, it was always practice every day. And then we'd go on tour for six, you know, six months a year. Um, we'd get back, we worked at a lot of the same places. 
So yeah, just kind of just kind of happened there and happened totally organically and and accidentally, I guess. Wow, kind of cool to be able to tour as a band, but also by trade, both of you bartenders, right? Yes, yep. Um, we're different. She's the speed bartender. I'm more of the uh, like the you know, not speed. Not I'm the slow guy for sure. But like I'll you know I'll sit here and and you know shoot it with you all night and yeah. and you know you'll you'll get your drink half as fast from me uh-huh. as you do from her, but you'll yeah. be just as happy either way. That's so. right. And I yeah. call that the methodical bartender. Right? Yeah. So Nick's showing us around, and this is nice guys in Cape Coral, Florida, and we have to begin with this because the decor, right? I mean, first of all, you want to sit down and spend some time in here. For sure. What were your thoughts about just kind of building an atmosphere? Um, so we're not a turn and burn place for sure. Like you can sit there. I think you guys were in the other night. You can stay as long as you want to. We're never going to be like, hey, you know, you've been here for an hour. You yeah. got to get out of here. It's like I, if you leave after one drink in your dinner, I did something wrong. I feel like like I want you to stay and hang out and kind of I don't have a place for you to sit down. Because if I'm at a bar, I go to a random city. I want to sit at the bar for like three, four hours. I don't want to sit there and like, you know, move on to the next place. I want to find the one place that I like and I want to stay there for a long time. So that's kind of what we're going for here. Um, for me, you know, Jovena, she's great with all the, the design stuff and the aesthetics. For me, I'm pretty much just like lighting and sound are the two things that matter the most to me. Like if it's too bright, I'm not gonna like it. If there's too many white lights, I'm not gonna like it. If it's too quiet, I'm not gonna like it. If it's too loud, I'll probably still like it, but you know, just That's kinda... your entertainment in you, I think. The kind of the showman mentality is like, let's get those few things right. And that's what I really like about this business. It's like, we need to dial in on those important things for a guest experience, for which sure. is the food, the atmosphere, you know, that, that vibe itself, and then just quality all the way around. Let's concentrate on those things and put blinders on and not worry about the rest. If we can, if we can concentrate on those things, we're ahead of the game right there. For sure, yeah. I, yeah, and that, those are super important, again, to us. Like, we take, um, we'll go to Tales of the Cocktail every year in New Orleans for, for cocktail stuff. We'll bring a couple of the bartenders. This year, we took classes on, um, on like the sound, it was called the sound of hospitality. So I took a class on it, it ended up being sound and lighting for the most part, which were like two things that were right up my alley. And I learned a bunch from that. Um, and I learned some of our limitations from that too, because of the budget we're always on. So, um, you know, we, the hotels and all that kind of stuff, they can do huge, huge sound budgets. But for us, we're on a, you know, we're a much smaller scale. So we got to kind of work with what we've got, um, which we are doing here now. And it's, you know, it's it working so far. So this is Greg from Nice Guys, and we're in Cape Coral, Florida. And I, I, I'm trying to be, I, I like to choose my words correctly and be polite with it, but it's kind of a craft food desert around here. Yeah, it's getting better for sure. Uh-huh. Um, there, here you don't have to be as good as you do in some other cities. Um, like you go, you're from Colorado, you go to Denver. If your place sucks, somebody's going to go right next door and get 10 times better you know, of a, of, of a dish, of, a, you know, of an experience. But here there's so many, and this is less so now than it was before, there's so many people coming in and out during season. Um, we have a huge tourist season, so I think a lot of the people that are getting into the business want to kind of make as much money as they can you know and then during the summertime they'll all drown you dialed it in yeah i mean that's really what it is but that's not your ethos and that's not how you're going to operate totally sustainability is what you want to do not only with your your business your restaurant your relationships your mental health your physical health but also with the staff that you have for sure yeah yeah because if they're you know if their income is gone in the summertime, you know, we gotta make sure they're taken care of and, and we have to make sure we're taken care of too. Front of house, you know, they're relying on people coming in for tips, back of house is relying on us making money on pizzas to be able to pay them again, so. I say uh, happy 
a happy staff makes happy food that makes happy customers. 100%. And if yes. you can follow oh, yeah. that algorithm, you're doing it. So we want to take a little spin around, but I need to start out with a cocktail. Yeah. I'm at a craft okay. cocktail bar. I need to have yeah, a cocktail. Yeah. You mind jumping behind the bar, Greg? Totally. And again, if this is the quiet before the storm, we thank Greg Gebhardt for taking the time on a uh, Friday prep, just getting ready for tonight. But as you're setting up here, and we're going to talk about cocktails, what's a what's a typical Friday evening like around here at Nice Guys? Chaos, like controlled chaos. Like we've got a system down, um, but it, it does get pretty nutty um, in a good way. Yeah. So it's, it's just generally very busy on Friday, Saturday. If you're not busy Friday, Saturday, something's wrong. If you can stay busy on weekdays, then you're doing something right. So cool. All right, here we go. You look at this cocktail, man. First of all, I have to show you. And again, um, Greg by trade being a bartender in the early years of Greg's existence. Um, pretty early years is the stories you've shared with me, uh, which is cool. The, um, the craft cocktail, you, you have to really dig in and get creative, but you also have to have those, those I don't know, what is it, signature tastes that people are used to, and then maybe do a little flair on Yeah, you gotta have the crowd pleaser. So it's gotta be a balanced menu. You can't have everything just be like totally cutting edge. You have to have some stuff for people to be able to trust you. So trust is a huge thing for us. I want you to trust me. So I'm going to make you something that you think you're going to like. If you love it, then you'll be more willing to try something you're not sure on. So if I make you a cocktail that you've had a million times, but if mine is a little bit different or a little bit better, you're going to be like, oh, this guy probably knows what he's doing. Let's yeah. listen to him on the next cocktail. So the variations, again, you're going to find some of um, your regular stuff that you have here. And I mean, I would imagine if somebody comes up and says, can I have a Manhattan? You're going to be able to accommodate them with totally. that. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And we'll then you the get best in, Manhattan we can. And then you get into these babies right here. So what are you preparing for us right uh, now? So and then let's talk about one. some of the sustainability stuff that you have going on as well. Yeah. So um, this one is kind of blue. Um, sustainability wise these are local eggs obviously you got to get the best eggs you can possibly get because that's going to be the the flavor on your cocktail um for the egg yolks um we reuse those for um for like a super super secret sneak peek thing nobody else knows about this we're doing an eggnog we've been doing it since february of this year we've got like a hundred gallons of eggnog ready to roll right now. We're just going to keep using all the yolks for now. So now that is really cool right there. That's one of the nuances. Again, a small business is going to do it. And, and, you know, sometimes you say, well, why do you do that? There's a cost thing involved with oh, that too. Sure. Cross utilization of ingredients. Yep. And that, that's everything that you do to try and squeak out a little profit in a, in a, in a world of restaurants where profit is so hard to come by. A hundred percent. That generally works out. Um, you know, if you're saving money profit-wise, you're generally using more of the ingredient too, um, which is great for environmental sustainability too. So that's like, you know, always number one on our list is trying to make sure that we're not like just killing the planet all, you know, because restaurants are super wasteful places uh, across the board, which is something that we, you know, always are conscious about. You see um, why I'm in love with this place? All right, Greg, hit me. Uh, so this also, this is, um, it's a super juice. We did not invent this, but we learned how to do it. It's kind of a pain in the butt, um, but it's uh, essentially using acids and parts of the lemon and the lime to make, um, to make your own lemon and lime juice. So this we use citric, malic acid, um, different parts of the, almost the entire lime, except for all the white, like the pith. Um, the pith we don't use, everything else, the juice, the rind, um, all gets used and processed into this uh, into this lime juice. You can get eight times the yield out of a lime. What? Yeah. Do you and, have to uh, filter it at that point? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So your 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 
making an oleosaccharum, I believe it's called. It's uh -huh. either oleosaccharum or oleosaccharide. And, um, and you process that in with some water and then the actual liquid from the limes and then you strain it out. Um, so it's a process, but you can make a much more shelf-stable um, lime juice and get a lot more yield out of it too. So it's much better for the environment. Sweet and man, nutrient dense. And this is some butterfly pea flower gin. As we look at your back bar there too, kind of you know, ordering is one of the things that as a cocktail bar, you go, well, what, you know, what are the, what are the staples that we have here? What's your, what's your method behind what you're doing as far as ordering? Um, so we, um, you gotta have a, a whiskey, a bourbon, a gin, a vodka. Sure. Yeah. I think a, we have like two vodkas and then a trick vodka. Um, we've got Tito's, we've got kettle. And then this is our secret. I don't even know where it is right now. Uh, the yeah, Zubrauka. So this is what somebody's like, I don't like gin. It's a gin cocktail. I'm like, okay, I'll use this vodka. It's got vodka written on the front of it there. Tastes like gin. So people that think they don't like gin, try that. And they're like, okay, you do like gin. You just don't want to say you like gin. Yeah. So, um, so this one first gets a dry shake. Shake it a little bit. Shake it a lot, actually. You can just like speed this part up or something like that. that I don't is. know. You got the, so I am a huge egg white drink fan. Good. I just like the frothiness of it and the taste and the mouth feel to it. I mean, I think a lot of people, um, I, I don't know, do people really enjoy those types of cocktails? Oh, for sure. It takes a specific person, mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody who's a little more adventurous, somebody who's like plain Jane wants a, you know, something easy that they've had a million times probably isn't going to try it. But the first time I tried an egg cocktail was a uh, Ramos Gin Fizz at this really nice bar in Cleveland. And ever since then, I'm like, that was you it. put an egg in a cocktail? This is great. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, so down the line here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven cocktails on your, where, where do you begin when you approach this um, to make a cocktail for a restaurant? Do you kind of have to go buy spirits and drink it down that way? Or? So we always kind of lean seasonally, like it's a generally a hot place here, but people want to pretend like it's not. Um, so a lot of times in the fall and winter, we'll lean towards the, the brown, you know, bourbons, some darker rums, um, different whiskeys. Summertime, we'll go gins, um, vodkas, tequilas. But we always try and make sure we have at least one of those on the cocktail menu for everybody on the front part. So these, are, these cocktails change either monthly or we used to do it every month religiously. Um, since things got kind of skewed in 2020, we've been doing it every month and a half-ish. So that whole menu is about to change in about a week here too. Um, and then the ones that really stick um, end up on this side here too. So um, that's a big focus for us too. Low ABV cocktails and then no ABV cocktails. We try and make sure we have some stuff for people that don't, you know, don't drink alcohol too, because you know people get pregnant. People just don't drink alcohol. Um, so cool. Yeah. So there's got to be something for. That's kind of like our ethos. We're something for everybody here for sure. So, so that's uh, exactly the feeling that Nick and I had when we came in here. So there, there was everything that we needed in one spot. Entertainment, it was food, it was service, it was everything that you want in a place that have to come in, you and your want for developing something like that. You knew it was going to work right away. Yeah, we, uh, it was kind of just like a, not an option for us for like to fail. It's just kind of like it, it's going to happen. If yep. it doesn't happen this way, then we'll tweak it until we figure it out. So we started out, you know, super slow. Um, the thing that we had the luxury of doing is we got a place that was dirt cheap, it was already in existence. So we got it super cheap. Um, so we didn't have to take out any loans or anything like that. So we just kind of worked. I actually still had a job for the first uh, for the first year that we were in business. 
at that baby right there. I can't wait to see how you garnish this. It's the little things, and as I look at your, your cocktail menu, Greg, and don't get any ideas on this, but you could, these cocktails go for 17, 18 bucks in a major metropolitan city. Yeah, and we definitely try and make sure. Oh, how's it going? How's it going? Good. So we actually don't open up till 4 o'clock. Oh, sorry. Yeah, not, yeah, no, sorry about that. We're just doing a, doing a podcast. Wave, wave high. Um, yeah, four o'clock. If you guys are looking for something now, um, I think number three right across the street, they're open right now. If you're looking for food or beverages? Uh, food and beverage. Food and beverage. Uh, Vinny's, Sicily Trattoria right across the street, they're super good. Okay. Um, or the spot right down there is good too. And then number three for beers afterwards, right across the street. Perfect, thank you. Take care. Um, that, you see, that's great. They're trying to get in here before open. Oh yeah, that. always. We try and we make sure we lock the doors to keep the crazies out. Yeah, well, so as far as the hours go, how did you develop what hours you wanted to be open? So at first we took over a business that was already here. We're night people, um, but we took over a business that was open dinner time. So we, um, we kind of stuck that out uh, for a while. And then we were opening and closing it ourselves pretty much. So um, every day we'd get here at like nine, 10 o'clock to set up for service for 11 o'clock for lunch. We do lunch and dinner. We're super broke, we have no money. So the people that are there spending money drinking beers are there till 10, 11 o'clock. We're not gonna kick them out. They're you know sticking around till two. So eventually we realized we were making so much more money um, during dinner time than we were during lunchtime because of the beverages. So we just kind of stuck that out and, yeah. and uh, that decided goes to make back, the switch. That goes back to, uh, look at this wonderful cocktail, which I always say the phone needs to consume it first. Uh, that goes back to basically the ethos of how do we how do we maximize what we're doing and do it well within those parameters. For sure, yeah, we, and we were killing ourselves. We were open from 11 to 11. Um, and that was just long days. So we figured we moved it to um, from four till two, and we actually cut a couple hours out of our shift too. So we cut two hours out of the workday and, uh, and, and increased our profit that way too. I feel guilty that I'm the only one drinking, but I really don't actually. Uh, delicious, great balance right there. That's a wonderful cocktail. And the the herbs on top of it. What, what are those herbs? Um, so that, um, that's just like a, a mixed flower. Um, yeah. It's, just it's, like a mixed flowers um, that are all, you know, all edible. There's some stuff you're not supposed to eat, um, but that's not in that mix. So generally, if you get a flower on your cocktail, you can eat it. But, you know, if you're not sure, ask the bartender, because some of them you're actually not supposed to eat. They go on there. But I, I've eaten stuff you're not supposed to eat all the time. Um, <laughs> that's right. But the, the more aromatic part, we throw a little bit of aromatic bitters on there, too, to kill the uh, a little bit of the egg. You're supposed to either, you know, throw some kind of citrus on it or... Uh, or hit it with that. Cool, man. A little drink. Can we take a little spin around yeah, here? Yeah, totally. And then we're going to get a pizza because cool. that's what you have to do here. Sorry, James. Night, guys. Oh, sorry no, you're good. They're getting prepped up. Again, people are wanting to get in here. Greg's spending some time with us. We're doing a little How's lap around here. Good. So here's a great utilization of space. Now, you've got the building. Yes. You've got the building. This is yours, which is fantastic. Congratulations to both you Thank and Ivana. But I walk into here and I go, oh my God, uh, you mentioned come in here and hang out, but I'm not gonna leave at all. 
Good. Yeah, this yeah. Is, we want you. To, we've had people that show up here right when we open that don't leave till close, and I love that. Like, I I want you to hang out here all day, and and hopefully, you know, we're not going to break the bank doing it. We want you to just be able to hang out and come back again too. So. So a lot of times in business, um, people have around them what they like. Is is this indicative to you? A hundred percent. Yeah, because we have to spend so much of our lives here, so we're going to make sure that it's a place that we want to be. That like, if there's some downtime, I can come out here and play, you know, pinball a couple of games if I can. You know, uh, end of the night, beginning of the day, I can I can hop back here and you know play a little bit um, the music thing's huge for us this is actually a music stage um, that we've turned into uh, we haven't turned it into some of our friends actually the dude that just walked in now James his girlfriend and one of our other friends um, is selling vintage clothing out of here too so um, just another kind of another thing to you know bring people uh, bring people in give community. people something to do exactly yeah Building totally community. yeah and it'll hopefully help them you know hope their help their business stuff out too and then when you talk about multi-purpose, it's like, okay, multi-function. You've got a screen behind there, you're gonna do a movie, you're gonna do a comedy night, yeah. you're gonna do a band, you're yep. gonna, you have a, you, this is kind of your background, let's do a stage. Totally, yeah, yep, stage, um, we got the audio back there. We have some of the, you know, for how small this room is, it's actually laughably nice system that we have mm -hmm. back there. We could probably just get away with something a little tiny, sure. but we wanna be able to have bigger bands come through here and. and you know, actually be able to take care of them the way that they're used to being taken care of. So, um, so yeah, the stage we got in here. Um, we do movie nights, uh, horror movie nights. We had um, Dan Myrick from the Blair Witch Project in last year. Um, he's the director and co-producer um, of the movie. He came in and did a Q&A on the Blair Witch Project. And wow, yeah, it was crazy. He was ridiculous. like the coolest dude ever. That guy's awesome. I was looking at a couple of um, tabletop cards and you have comedy coming in yep. here tomorrow. Comedy night. tomorrow, which we've sold out every one of the ones we've had so far. Um, and that, that's been great, you know, because comedy's kind of hit or miss. The guy that's putting on the comedy stuff, um, everybody that he's brought through so far has actually been funny because some of those you ever been to a comedy show that's just like, or an open mic night? It's, it's just uncomfortable. Like, oh yeah, it's so bad, it's brutal. But his stuff is has been super dynamite. Is legit. So, yeah. So, so pinball, uh, yeah, kind pinball, of a hangout area. Now you you can't help but notice the art on the wall. Again, this is another community aspect that nice guys have. Totally. Yep. Yeah. And, and all that stuff again. Um, all of it's for sale. It's all all the money staying local. So that's something that's important to us is to keep as much of the money around here as we can, because then we'll be able to grow as a community instead of just shipping it off to to somewhere else. I mentioned, you know, what's up with the mannequins around <laughs> here? Um, I kind of thought it was a punk rock thing. Growing up, I had a friend. His name was Aaron, and it was his basement in Colorado. There's basements. Oh yeah. And you get into people's basements, and it's real where the real personality comes out. That's where your freak flag mm -hmm. is. And there, he had mannequins dressed up, and we'd sit and listen to Skinny Puppy or whatever it was, and and just listen to music and hang out. But I noticed mannequins around here. I was like, Is Aaron hanging out around here somewhere? <laughs> yeah. where, where, what's this deal with the mannequins? So the mannequins, um, we had them for when we were playing music we had a couple mannequins with the shirts we had um, just to kind of display the shirts so you could see them you didn't have to walk up to the merch table you could see them from far away like oh that's a cool shirt I want to grab it so we had a couple mannequins here to display some of our shirts and then our buddy was clearing out a JC Penney's um, it was it was you know he got on the demo job and he showed up here with a van full of mannequins so he's like you know you just you don't up, turn that away it. yeah so we're like we'll find something to do with them so like at, at one point we had this one, we had another one that was this size. Come over here and look kid. at this, Nick. Nick. 
come look at what we're talking about over here with the mannequins. Yeah, so the, the creepy no-face mannequins, we had one that was tall like that, two little kid ones, and the other arm, I don't know if it's on this one, is like holding something behind its back for whatever pose that was. And people are like, oh, it's got a knife. And there was a little, another little, even smaller kid version of that. And they were creepy. So we used to like set them up in different weird little, you know, little circles yeah. and stuff like that. And they don't have faces, which makes them even creepier. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, people started saying like, that we were some kind of like demon cult place, like legitimately, like I saw people online posting like, they're like a cult and demonic spirits and stuff. And, and I was just like, whoa, you guys are like- Yeah, too much taking, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking too much into all this stuff. And as you walk around, there's stories everywhere. Nick, come follow us and look at some of these things. I gotta ask you just some of the things that you have here. These shoes right here. What's, uh, the, what's the story behind these shoes? So um, they're uh, Randy Quaid's. Um, he played Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation. I love Christmas. Uh -huh. um, so that was one of our uh, one of our dumb acquisitions, I guess. Uh, That's an awesome acquisition. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just absolutely no reason behind it. I love Christmas. I love that movie. We've got some uh, our Christmas time every year in December. We do a seasonal cocktail list. Um, we have a cocktail called Cousin Eddie. It's a it's an eggnog cocktail, which we're probably not going to be doing this year because of that. Until we you know run out of that hundred gallons of other cocktail. And the um, the aged eggnog cocktail is actually James's idea, um, and yeah, it's dynamite. What would be the one thing that you would say, Greg? I got to show you this because this is a story in here that maybe no one else would know, or just a, a secret story of something that stands out, and you're like, I know this one. Right here. Um, the money angel, just off the top of my head, it's right in front of us. Uh -huh. There's a money angel there. One of our employee, or one of our um, regulars back in the day, um, she's still a regular now. Her and her husband are awesome. They actually are part of the people that introduced us to the gentleman that helped us get this building. So Alan and Naomi, um, she is, um, you know, they're, they're Jewish. And her employer at the time gave her this Christmas, you know, a Christmas thing. It was mm -hmm. clearly like a, a Catholic or Christian Christmas ornament. So she's like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm Jewish. Here, you take it. Mm -hmm. So we just hung it up on the ceiling. And then one of the regulars around here was uh, working at a bar across the street. He would come in all the time. And he's, we had this the money angel hanging there with no money on it and just a bunch of clothespins that were hanging underneath it. And um, he was like, yeah, if you hang a dollar bill here, everyone else is going to start hanging money here. I was like, dude, you're like out of your, like, what, okay, whatever, dude, shut up. I'll hang a dollar bill there. And then everybody else started hanging dollar bills there. The dude was totally right. So, and it and, just, uh, that takes on its, a life of its own. Yeah. It? Yeah. And a lot of the stuff around, like, I don't even notice some of the stuff that like people kind of help decorate in here uh -huh. too. Like somebody will stick something up and I won't notice it for like six months. I'll be like, Hey, who put that lizard here? And they'll be like, that's been here for like a year and a half, dude. So I love it. Yeah. All right. Nice guys. So I'm done with this cocktail. We're hanging out. Uh, you're getting ready. And we, know, we need to get out of your way, but we have to have a pizza first. Yes, yeah, totally. What do you say we push pause, come back, have a pizza, and talk about it? How do you build a pizza? Is it, I, I don't know that there's really a wrong way to build a pizza, but you know the right ways to build a pizza, and I want to talk about those totally. flavor combinations. First, though, let me make you one more cocktail. Uh, oh, you got quick. another one in Oh, here? yeah, this one's, this one's jiffy quick. All right, what did you have in mind? So the other night I had the uh, snozz berry smash and the what else do I have the blood uh, vampire margarita. Mm -hmm. Yeah, vampire so that's um, one of the things that we do around here that's different than a lot of the other places is uh, for speed wise, especially January, February, March, April, it's crazy balls to the wall in here. So we do draft cocktails. So the vampire margarita is a draft cocktail that we do. Um, the Golden Girls is also a draft cocktail. 
And then we've got a butter beer on nitro draft cocktail. We also have nitro fernet. Um, yeah. Nitro fernet. Yeah, so we got fernet on nitro. Wow. So yeah, we've got the nitro stuff here, the CO2 stuff there. Um, so we're trying to, like, speed is always something that we're conscious of uh -huh. too, because, like, this cocktail takes way too long to put on the menu January, February, March. So we're sure. doing it in the summertime. Um, January, February, March, we lean towards cocktails. Um, quicker stuff. Now, like this one. This is my favorite cocktail because it takes two seconds to prepare. For sure. Now, <laughs> there you are. I love it. And that is the tea bag. So that's uh, our version of a twisted tea. That was actually James's cocktail. Um, so we worked with. We can these here. We can these here. Yep, exactly. So that's what that other um, cooler is over there. We'll use that for, for canning. I'll put the canning machine up there, run it through the cooler, and then can them right on the spot. And our buddy Lee, who did all the artwork here, he helped us design the, uh, or he didn't help us design. I told him, like, hey, can you do something like this? And he knocked it out of the park with that uh, label. Dude, now during COVID, a lot of people were able to sell cocktails to go. Yes. And this was an innovation that you had at the time? So before we were able, so that the canning machine is uh, is an undertaking in itself. So we had um, to-go cocktails that we called Little Helpers. At the beginning of the pandemic, um, you weren't actually allowed to do cocktails to go. Ooh, that's good. So you could sell, I could sell you a bottle of booze, mm -hmm. but I couldn't make a cocktail for you. So we did these things called survival kits. And I sold you a bottle of the booze with some of our house mixes on the side so i would sell you like a mai tai with with a, a batch of the mai tai mix and then you could make the cocktails at your house and we'd send you with garnishes and glassware and all that kind of stuff because we didn't have the ability to send liquor we could send beer out but we couldn't send liquor out unless it was like a legit full bottle so we'd package that as a whole thing and send you with as much liquid as you'd need to finish off the bottle so um during the pandemic our our customer base was amazing. They were out every single, we had people that were out here every single day um, getting food to go and, and cocktails and beers and stuff just to kind of make sure that we stayed in business. So Not we that lucky. you want to be the kind of ultimate COVID friendly business, but pizza, right? Oh, it's, yeah, we just lucked out for sure. If we were more like more fine dining stuff that doesn't, and our pizza doesn't travel as well as some do because we cook at a higher temperature. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely, yeah, it's doable to go for sure. It's still going to be great. It's just, you know, eating the pizza, right here on the spot is where it's at but to go you know obviously it's it's great for pizza. i told you i did the next day test with one of your the spicy pizza what's it called the uh, some like it hot the some, yeah, which we do like it hot it I mean first of all great here but also great the next day speaking of pizza kind of your thing and there's some proprietary things that are going on and of course i like to get into the kitchens you you know that uh, respectfully we're gonna hang back because there are some little trade secrets that you have here. oh totally yes yes uh, without saying the secrets what are some of the secrets if that um, makes sense so a lot of our like secrets are kind of like not see really secrets overall uh -huh. like if you make all of your stuff in-house uh -huh. it's going to be better so we make all of our own dough we make all of our own sauce we make all you know everything that we can possibly make we make it here um, so just having fresh dough, I think, is, is the number one secret of, of having good pizza. If you make, you know, a lot of people will make pizza once a week or make pizza dough once a week. Well, we have one guy in there who makes pizza every, or makes dough every single day. So he's just in there That's, that's his dough. job. Yeah, totally. Doing the dough. Yeah. And you probably go, what, I like, give me an idea what you go through. Uh, How many balls of dough? couple hundred you know yeah a couple hundred pies um i love it so you're gonna jump back into the kitchen bring out a pizza which one are you thinking of making um well since you said that you wanted some good leftover stuff my cousin Vinny, that one's super good leftover that one's good right out of the fridge you don't have to heat it up again um What's the hot honey it? so that one has got it's like a 
it's so in Florida we have Publix, uh -huh. so it's like a pub sub on pizza. So it's got all the Italian meats, it's got some iceberg lettuce, um, a little bit of oregano, um, some of our house uh, white balsamic dressing, yeah. um, mozzarella, a little bit of tomato. It's got like kind of everything you would have on a sub, but on pizza form. Yeah. So that one right out of the fridge the next day is great. Um, hot honey, that's our most popular one. I'll probably make you that one too. Um, provolone, Parmesan, mozzarella cheese, soprasada, prosciutto, and then a house-made hot honey. Um, which we get as much as we can from uh, Walker Farms in North Fort Myers. They're super awesome. So if you're in Florida, go to Walker Farms, check them out. Um, it's this cool couple, a um, little bit older. Um, they've been doing it forever and their, their stuff's awesome. So definitely check that out. I love that. Businesses doing businesses with other businesses. You're gonna head into the kitchen when you come back. We're gonna talk pizzas and assembly. Uh, one of the questions, first question I'm gonna ask is, is there ever too many toppings that you can put on a pizza? I have the my answer. We'll break away, come back, and talk to Greg here. Greg Gebhardt, here we are, nice guys in uh, Cape Coral, Florida. All right, order up. Here it is, the pizzas as we promised. Greg Gebhardt, good to see you again likewise, with some pizzas. Yes, it's always better with pizzas. Um, <laughs> these are some sexy pizzas right here. Let's go down the line. Nick, just get in here because we got to show these pizzas. Number one. So this is actually a fully vegan pizza. Um, this one is a vegan General So's chicken pizza, so chicken. Um, it's got a garlic base, uh, some broccoli, um, pineapple, Thai chilies, vegan chicken, and then a general so sauce. Um, so that is one of the ones that was a, a college experimentation pizza that came up like 15, 20 years ago that I was working on forever. That we used to trade uh, trade sauces with the dude at the Chinese food restaurant uh, when I was working at the pizza place. So I'm not mad at this pizza at all. What are you doing for the cheese on this? Uh, so it's a vegan cheese. Yeah. Um, there's a vegan cheese, and in um, a most you know not not across the board, but most Asian foods, there's a. Uh, there isn't actually a lot of cheese at all. Mm -hmm. um, so this one was a piece of cake just to kind of throw together with as minimal amount of cheese as possible. The cheese is pretty much on there to make sure the rest of it doesn't burn and to hold things in place. So the cheese is like the afterthought of this entire pizza. What does the pull apart look on this one? Um, pretty good actually. Like so back in the day, the cheeses were terribly um, almost like plasticky, but now it's, it's considerably better um, than it was back in the day. So there's actually, you know, you'd see a little bit of stretch on there. Um, but yeah, cheese, vegan cheese in the last 10 years is leaps and bounds better than it was before. Oh, and there's the signature uh, crust. Oh yeah, yeah, the crust is where it's at. Um, back in the day, somebody told me that the pizza crust, uh, it was me and Yov were sitting there with, um, with somebody back in the day, and he was telling us the crust has the least amount of flavor on the pizza, so you wanna make sure that you get all the toppings all the way over to the crust so they can't taste it. And that was immediately, we're like, we gotta figure out how to make this the best part of the pizza. So it's crust is where it's at, the little, Pizza bones, I'll, I'll eat that all day long. Perfect. So. Well, we go from the vegan to the not so not vegan. Me, yes, the opposite <laughs> of vegan. Uh, this one's a hot honey. This is our most popular pizza by far. We sell more of this than anything else. Uh, this one's got uh, fresh tomato and garlic base, provolone, parmesan, mozzarella cheese, uh, soprasada, and then prosciutto um, with a house-made hot honey on top of it. Again, Walker Farms honey when we can get it uh, from North Fort Myers. Super, super good stuff. A little bit spicy. When you eat the honey on its own, it's super spicy, but on the pizza itself, um, totally, you know, not going to kill you at all. I've served it to all age groups, you know, little kids can eat it no problem. So. And I like it, I mean, this one's going to have everything that you want in a piece of pizza. Oh my goodness, look at that, it is delicious. My mouth is just watering right now looking at these pizzas, but that is perfect. We're going to dig into that in a second. We go down the line, I go, hey, listen, this is where it's at right here. 
Tell me about this pizza. So this is, uh, again, this one's the My Cousin Vinny. Um, this is kind of our little, it's called the pub sub pizza because it's just like a pub sub. So it's got um, fresh tomato and garlic base. Um, it's got salami, pepperoni, calabrese, prosciutto, banana peppers, uh, iceberg lettuce on top, and then um, some of our house-made uh, house white balsamic dressing with some oregano. So it's just like I'll eat a sub, but I'll throw that, you know, throw that together too. So this one, straight out of the fridge the next day, no problem. This one, I like in a frying pan with an egg on top of it. Oh, stop. Uh, yeah, and then this one, you can just do frying pan, no egg, you know, frying pan lid on it um, when it's about to get done on the bottom. That way you reserve that bottom crunch too. So preserve the bottom crunch. When we broke away and you went back to make these pizzas, I posed the question, can there be too many ingredients, too many toppings on a pizza? What's your response? Yes, 100%. Um, a lot of times, especially if you're putting two toppings that don't work well together, mm -hmm. um, sometimes people go crazy. We've literally had people tell me like, put everything, I want everything on this pizza. I'm like, dude, we got like peanut butter and corn and stuff. You want all that on your pizza? <laughs> and so we can usually talk them down. Um, I'll generally say, you know, if you're just building your own pizza, always go with four or less toppings. That's what I always start with. Unless you really know what you're doing, um, then you can you know, you can go ham, you can do some crazy stuff. But uh, for the most part, I, I almost think the simpler the better on the more traditional stuff. For sure. So as far as cooking the pizza that goes and putting it in the oven and the integrity of it, there's a method to where you want that heat transferring throughout the pizza as well. 100%. And more toppings may inhibit that. Exactly, yeah, and it makes a, a wetter pizza too. Our crust, um, our crust and our cheese, um, even though we use like a low moisture, high grade mozzarella cheese, it does have a lot of moisture in it still. Our crust um, has a ton of water and oil. It's got a really high moisture content. Our, um, our sauce for the traditional red sauce pizza has a ton of oil in it. So all that stuff is gonna be oily as it is. And then if you put a ton of meats and veggies on it that are gonna get, um, you know, even leach even more moisture, it's gonna turn into soup. So you definitely wanna be careful there too. It's a balancing and, act. Yeah, and at that point, if somebody does wanna add a ton of ingredients, we can't, we try to, you know, make it worth their money, but we don't wanna make a legitimate pile of ingredients on there because then it'll turn into a soup, which is, nobody wants that. They're not gonna be happy. They're gonna say they're happy. They're gonna say they love it. Even though I know they don't love it, they want to take some stuff off it. They know I was right, but they're just gonna continue to eat it anyway. Uh, this is going to be a great uh, shift meal for family meal for the, the staff here. And that's fantastic that you're sharing with us. I want to go over a couple of things. Uh, number one, how can people learn more information about Nice Guys and when they're in the Southwest Florida area? Um, number one, I would just say come in, you know, just just stop in. Um, we're open from 4 p.m. till 2 a.m. every day besides Monday. So just come in, hang out, ask questions. Um, you want to go online for some of that stuff. Um, NiceGuysPizza.com, Facebook.com slash NiceGuysPizza, um, Instagram, nice guys, at NiceGuysPizza, TikTok at NiceGuysPizza. Google it. Yeah, nice just, guys yeah, NiceGuysPizza. Pizza. It should all come up there. We um, want to hear from you either on the stream or on YouTube. After the fact, tell us about your favorite pizza. How do you assemble your pizza? Because I maintain that there is really no bad pizza. Now, of course, there are some things that you can do wrong fundamentally or execution-wise, but... Yeah. Even bad pizza is good pizza. Oh, yeah. Bad pizza is good pizza. But talk about the kind of the rest of the stylings of your pizza and how you get creative and where those ideas come from. Um, the ideas come from a whole lot of trial and error. Um, I'm the type of person as, a, as an eater and as a person who cooks who, if I like two things, I'll try them together no matter what, just to kind of see how they, how they play off each other, how they work. Um, sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it works. Um, I think, I don't know if I was telling you about this earlier, so if I did, just edit this part out, but when I was back at school, 
Um, when I was in high school, I, when I first started working pizza places, I thought um, that you could kind of mix anything you liked for sure. So I was, my parents were out of town. I was on my own for the weekend. So I was like, I'm just going to bring home some food from work and, and eat that and watch movies all night. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. So I was stoked. I did, um, I did nacho cheese. I love nachos. So we had that can, number 10 can of nacho cheese. Uh -huh. So I did chicken wings, which I love wings, uh -huh. tossed in nacho cheese, brought them home, got my whole thing set up, um, movies up there, ready to go. I'm like full relaxation mode, push play on the movie, take the first bite of the chicken wing, garbage. Terrible, terrible garbage. So doesn't always work, but you gotta try it anyway to figure it out. Yeah, you, so. do, you tinker with it, but it seems to me like you guys have figured out a pretty good equation because it's a hit. Cape Coral, Florida, nice guy's pizza. As we end up here in Grape Gebhardt, Park, and uh, I gotta tell you, with greasy fingers yeah. and much love. Oh, yeah. There's a fellow bearded man. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, they'll take care of you here. If you love craft pizza, you love craft cocktails, and you love an environment where you're gonna hang out for hours and hours and maybe play some pinball, this is the place to be. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks for you, having man. me, man. Spent the afternoon with you. We're gonna hang out, settle down, and hang out for the evening here. I don't know. Well, I think maybe we should do a little bit of pinball next. Yeah, sounds good. Do it up, man. <laughs> we got till 2 a.m. You got a couple hours. Thanks. Uh, nice guys pizza. Come in and enjoy this. You'll have a great time. Thanks for telling your story with us hey, today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's that, been awesome. That's great. The Modern Eater Show, we love to do it. Family businesses, that's what it's all about. We're going to kick that rock on down the road. We're going to enjoy the weekend here in Florida, but we'll be back at it on Monday, right back in Denver, Colorado. The Modern Eater Show continues. How do you convert PDF to JPG? I don't know. How do you convert PDF?